Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Chalban Shir, Sefer Hikitsu Viraninu. Uh, today we're going to be further learning, developing this theme of... Hold on. I think I'm on the wrong pages. We're going to... Yep, have the wrong pages open over here. Today we're going to be further developing the theme, the theme about learning Pneumius HaTorah, learning the insides of the Torah. And we're also going to continue on what we ended with last week about the Shtei Shlavim HaGeula, the two stages of Geula. Just to recap, and all this will come clear as we continue learning and developing the themes that we've started with. Last week we said that there were two stages of the Geula. We said that there was the first of the national body coming together, the Atzamas Yevashis, the dry bones, coming in close proximity to each other, realigning with each other. So you go to a chiropractor, you get a realignment, right? The second, the second aspect is what we learned from the Navi last week, Yechezkel 37, was that first the bones come together, and then they grow flesh, and then they get their ruach, their spirit, begins to enter them, and then they come alive. So... We were talking about that last week, and this week we're gonna, he's going to say we're in the stage of the second stage. We're transitioning into the second stage of things, and which is amazing. I think if you look at the censuses, we either have Rove of Amisaro back in Eretzisaro. Maybe we've just crossed that line. I know there's different ways to do the numbers. Different Google searches will give you different numbers, but... I believe there is 9 million people in Eretzisrael, 6 million of them are Jewish. Could be there's only 12 million Jews in the world, something like that. So you have to figure it out. But certainly the bones have been realigning and are realigning. Without any further ado, we're going to jump, jump into that today. Okay. So the two stages are the bones realign and then the flesh grows, or the two stages are the physical regrowth and then the spiritual regrowth? The physical regrowth and the spiritual regrowth. Because it, it's a good question, because even when you're learning the psukim over there, like we learned last week, it says the bones come, the flesh grows on, and then the ruach comes in. So it sounds like there are three stages. But the way that he brings it over here, he basically says there's two stages, and, we're, and the spirit coming in, and the second stage is what we're going to learn more about now. Okay, Dorenu Vidor Kibbutz Galius. Our generation and the generation of Kibbutz Galius. Vitavin Hetiv, and understand this well. Shesod Biat Haruachi Avodas Dorenu Keis. The secret of the bringing into the spirit of the Ruach is our task in our generation right now. So if anyone asks, you know, and our, you know, you hear all these schmoozes, and our generation, the avoda is X, Y, and Z, right? So what he's saying is the avoda in our generation is to bring down the ruach, the spirit. After the first generation of kibbutz galias, in our generation we have to bring the spirit, the ruach, back into things. Because the first generation they they dealt with the chitzonius of the gula, the out, outerness of the gula. That's the bringing of the bones and realigning them 
in close proximity to one another. Just to add over here, also the chitzonis and the gulim wasn't only the bones coming back together, but it was Pashat Eretz Yisrael, like the, the roads, the highways, the plumbing, the actual infrastructure to make, it, to make an inner life happening. And included in this is people living together. Which is the building of Eretz Yisrael. And the basic physical infrastructure right here. So that is the, the phys- this is hinted to in the Navua when it talks about the, the Basar coming on, right? So included in the Navua, like we're saying, possible three stages, right? He's saying that's really part of the first stage. The first stage is the bones coming together. Included in that is the flesh, the sinews growing. He says, what's the sinews growing? That's Pashar, our infrastructure, right? That's, you know, when, when Eretz Yisrael was desolate, you know, we, we can't say this enough, but Eretz Yisrael was desolate for 2,000 years. They couldn't get anything to grow here. And when the Ottoman Empire, when the Eretz Yisrael was under the rule of the Turks in the Ottoman Empire, they did a geographic, geological survey of how many people just from a pure geological standpoint could the land sustain. So the number they were able to come up with, uh, as far as I understand, was 600,000 people. From a geological standpoint, Eretz Yisrael could only sustain 6,000 people, right? Now we know that there are 9 million people living here and there are more coming, right? So the land only gives back its bracha as we were learning the other day, right? Uh, the land without Eretz Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael, without Am Yisrael, they're not called one. Meaning to say the land gives back its bracha when Am Yisrael moves back. But all that, nevertheless, is part of the first stage. But still, even in this stage that we reunite with each other, we still remain as individuals with different communities, different siburim, different, different ideas. And our sense of individualness, right? Our sense of I'm me, and you're you, and I live in this block, and you live in that block, and I'm part of this camp, and I daven in this shul, and I wear this type of kippah, right? All that increases during this time. And why is that? Because of the spirituality, the lack of divine ruach, spirit that's coming in. Because the spirit only comes in in the second stage of Gula. The spirit comes in, it enlivens, it brings consciousness into the body, and it joins the, and that's the completion of the limbs of the dry bones coming together. Then a spirit of tshuva and purity comes upon our nation. That will lift and lift and lift up our nation to, to a higher levels, right? So the fact that, to point this out, the fact that there is division in Eretz right? And sometimes the politics, 
even the religious politics could be much more stronger identity politics, <laughs> right, uh, than in other places. That's all a product of the first stage of the Gula. That's good. That's supposed to happen. Because if no one was together, there wouldn't even be this fighting with each other. Correct. If no one's together. The fact that we're all close and coming here, that leads this machlokas, which you're saying is not a bad thing. It's just a rising of spiritual... Correct. It's part of the shlavim of the gula. It's part of the stage of the gula, right? The bones come together. Now that the bones come together, there's a feeling of independence. Oh, I'm Yeshus. I'm myself and you're yourself and you're yourself. So that, right? If you have no self-identity, so you can't argue with someone, right? There's not even some, right? Person, that person has no sense of self, right? So they're totally enmeshed and codependent on the person around them, right? It takes a self-identity in order to be able to have machlokas, to say, well, I'm like this and you're like that, right? So the self-identity of the nation as separate individuals are coming together. But yet, the achdas, the spirit of tshuva, the ruach, the spirituality that is happening between everyone, that, that's not yet. But wouldn't you say right? that coming together, you're less individual? Like, wouldn't you say if you're separate, you're individual? Coming together, now you're... You're not individual because now you're, thank you. Yeah. Now you're dependent as you're coming together. Well, what he's going to say is that the theme that we've developed, we're going to see in the next paragraph, is like this has to do with the stages, right? The first stage of the dry bones is of everyone coming together as a national body, right? And from that, we fight it out, right? That's what I'm trying to explain, that there's a sense of independence, of self-identity that comes when everyone comes together, which the, the, the natural consequence of that is machlokas and a certain sense of division. Right? But that's only in the initial stages. Right? As it advances, what we're learning is the panemius comes in, the ruach comes in, and the bones not only reunite, but they're one living organism. And the way the Chalban has been saying this throughout the Sefer is going to come back is that we're cells in a body. Right? That the cells serve the national body, not the cells don't just serve their individual cells. Selves. Right. right, but if but I guess as part of growth in that way, right, the cell needs to at some point focus on itself initially, because otherwise the body doesn't grow. Right, meaning if, if all the cells are only ever directed at let's say the heart, yeah, right. So then the 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 other organs don't start to form. Like meaning, there has to be some level where like the toes say like okay no I'm focusing on the toes right now because otherwise the toes don't grow. Correct. So so maybe in that same analogy. The initial stage of growth is that there has to be separateness because, you know, if everyone did the same thing on your shalayim, then only your shalayim would develop. But the fact that you have people in Arad and people in Svad and people, people all over the country building up the land, once that land is built, then it has the capacity once it's a fully grown organism to then turn back and say, okay, now let's function in unison and, and get this thing off the, off the ground. Yeah, for sure. Right? It's like only when you have a... Uh, like I think about this, you know, as a therapist, like only when you have your self-identity can you now merge together with somebody else. Like I always say, one marriage, two realities, right? If you have no self-identity, then again, you're completely enmeshed and you're codependent and, you know, you try using, you know, this a little bit of a tangent, you try using the other person to fix you, you know, <laughs> using your, get, getting your spouse to heal you. It's like marriage disaster 101, you know? So it's like only when you have your own identity, then you could really join up with someone else and have a healthy relationship. So right in the initial stages of the Gaula, 
right? What we're saying is that everyone has their identity, right? So then, Shimshon, exactly like you're saying, so then everyone could kind of realign and, you know, work it out that way, you know? And it's amazing, these words are, here's a sheet. Uh, and now, the vote in our generation at this time, he says emphatically, now is the time of the penimius hagaula. So biataruach, the secret of the bringing of the spirit. Hasharas hachiot haklalit al amkula. The residing of the national spirit of the chios, of the liveliness on our entire nation. And again, we don't have to guess at what the Chaban is means because he explains. That's why I like to say for her. <laughs> and this is what the Chachamim taught. He brings this from the Zohar. That in the future, the Chachamim taught that in the future, there's going to be a revelation of the secrets of Torah. And with these secrets of Torah, they're going to go at a galas berachamim. Learning Pnimiyasa Torah, as we've been developing, is the thing that brings the national ruach, is the thing that brings the deeper dimension into Am Yisrael. Right? It brings the das, it brings the consciousness, and it brings the panemius awareness to, to our nation and to ourselves. Kisod giloi sisrei Torah, the sod of Vodas Hashem panemius. Because the, the secret of the revelation of the hidden secrets of Torah, the sod avoda Hashem avodas Hashem hapanemius, and the foundation of serving Hashem with panemius, heim sod haor shechoder, this is the secret of the light that resides within every soul. And it reminds us ourselves that we're a cell within the body. We're not just egocentric individuals by ourselves, but we're a soul within the body. That arouses us to serve Hashem on a higher level. And this is the secret of the Avodas Hashrina. To feel that we are a part and a limb within the nation. <coughs> right? That we should join our friends with. Dearness, chavivuta, right? In the Zohar it ends. It says, Rabbi Shimon said in the Idra Rabbah, I think it was maybe the Idra Rabbah or the Idra Zuta, he says, Ana bechavivuta talia. We're dependent on our friendships and on our brotherhood and our dearness, camaraderie with one another. And this deep sense of achtas that creates the atzumel shem yichud davka, right? That there should be specifically oneness with any alternative of motives, right? So in the, in the stage that we're living on now, our avoda, he's explaining, is to, as we've been explaining thematically for those who are joining us today to fill you in, right? That the shechina means that Hashem, <laughs> shechina comes from the word shochen, to reside, that Hashem reso- resides on Am Yisrael, in Knesset Yisrael, in our nation. And the more achdas there is, the more we move away from our egocentric service of my avodas Hashem and my Torah learning and my thing, right? The more we, and the more we serve Am Yisrael and see ourselves 
as a part of the larger corpse, the largest, larger body of Am Yisrael, to that point, the, the divine Shefa flows in, the Ruach. And how does that happen, right? How have we been learning it happens? That happens through learning Pnimi Satora. Why? Because through learning Pnimi Satora, it reveals not, not only that we're only one nation, right? Like that Shweki song, one nation, one heart, or something like that, right? Not only that we're one nation, but it brings in the Das. It brings in the, the divine consciousness that allows us to see life through a deeper. And what he's, expecting, what he's expressing over here is like Rav Cook explains, in Rav Cook's words, he called this the uh, Le'umi, right? The, uh, right? That's Dati Le'umi, right? The religious national identity, right? So he's emphasizing that in Panemius, when we see our national identity, when we connect to that aspect, so that really, that is the ruach of the dry bones, the das, the awareness, is bringing, bringing ourselves to life. sod hatsima'on, now this is an amazing paragraph. sod hatsima'on gadol shebedorenu l'sisrei Torah. And this is the amazing thirst that we see for sisrei Torah in our generation. V'lepinimius avodas Hashem. And for serving Hashem in Panemius. Vahu Edos Kiba Hashaladas Kumazu. And this testifies that the moment has come for this. Sod Biachruach. The to bring in the spirituality, to bring in the Das, to bring in that God consciousness or divine mind. Kikafisha Reinu, just like we see, Ruach Zuhi Nishmas Panemius Torah. It's to learn the soul of Torah. Right? Who wants a who wants a lifeless Judaism? Who wants a soulless Yiddishkeit, right? Who wants hypocrisy? We want a deep, meaningful, and vibrant Yiddishkeit. The soda of Vodas HaShchina, and this is the soda of the workings of the Shchina. The Al Kain Tchilas Tachlito Sviseu Shel Simon Zelit Pnimius Hatora Heim Osa Ruach Haklalik Shetufia Banu, and therefore this desire for Pnimius Hatora that. Heim osa haruach haklal shotviya banu v'tolid banu madregas atsuma v'niskavos me'od kefish nidaber behemshech. Right, this desire alone that we see for pnimius hatora, that itself, that longing, that thirsting for pnimius hatora, that itself helps bring in the das and the awareness, the longing, the yearning. It's like, like, like if you think about it, like you know, I go to Uman every year, you know. Like tens of thousands of people come to Uman for Rosh Hashanah. Like who ever heard of such a thing? Like in Rabbi Nachman's heyday, there was in his last Rosh Hashanah, the highlight of everything, there was like 300 people there, maybe 400 max tops, you know, in the height of it, you know. And now there are tens of thousands of people. Thank you, Hashem, right? Amuna daily, right? There's an explosion, we're going, going to Reb Shaila in Karastir, right? Karastir came from nowhere. It's like from left field, like Reb Shaila, like who, like Kivrit Sadikim trip, you know? Like it's something that is like totally, totally like out of nowhere, right? And this shows like the panemius that people, the Tzimaon, the people are thirsting. We're thirsting for something real, something deeper. And it's found that we know 
that the, the Zohar and Pneumius, they're the spirit of the Malka Mashiach, of Mashiach. They have the, the spirit and aspect of Mashiach. Haruach haba letoch atzmos lechayosum bechayos achas keguf shalem chay vera'anan. Right, that this Pneumius, this desire, it comes into the bones and it brings the bones back to life to be, to be, to be one. You know, it's like a... Uh, it's like we could get, play. I was thinking about this as I was preparing this, you know, I've learned this before and I was thinking like, why is it that everyone's thirsting for Panemius, you know? So he's saying it's part and parcel with the time that we live in, right? That the very fact that we live in this generation in the second stages of Geula, right? So the, the, this time period demands or creates within our souls, and he's going to explain this later throughout the Sefer, that by virtue of the fact that we live in this time period, our souls are like so high, that they're yearning and yearning and yearning for Panimiya Satora. And like working with all sorts of people, all sorts of lives, like addictions, and you know, so much of that goes back to like the soul is unstirred, you know, that there's, there's pleasure. And in a very, very deep way, we have this tzima'on, this thirst. Like the great Amos said, that's why I brought the Ramad Wali today. Like the great Amos, what did he say? Right? The great Amos said in... You're laughing about the Ramad Wali, huh? Yeah. Uh, you like the... Long story. You went also to the Gaver? No. I'm dying to go. I've heard a lot about it. Yeah. So Ramad said he brings in this Pasuk. Right? He brings the famous Pasuk in Amos. You heard too much of it. We're going to go, we're going to go, right? The, the, uh, for those of you on the recording of a man here, Yuri, Yuri's been to the cave of the Ramad Wali. Amazing. Let us listen. I'm dying to go, okay. Right, bring the famous Pasuk over here in Amos. Parakhes, Pasuk Yeralef. Hine yamin baim no Hashem, days are coming. Hashem elokim vish. Vishilachti rav ba'aretz. I will send a famine to the land. Lo rav lechem. It will not be for bread. You will not thirst for water. You're going to want to hear the words of God. The Divrei Hashem, the Ramali goes on to explain that Divrei Hashem is synonymous with Panemius HaTorah. That you're not going to be fasty, you're not going to be thirsty. You're going to have plenty of food, right? Right, it's not going to be, right? Lo Rav Lechem, right? You go, we're not thirsty, we're not hungry for bread. Plenty of bread, right? Mayim, got our water bottles. It keeps water cold all day long. But we're going to be thirsting for a panemia satora. In the end of days, there's going to be a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous tzima'on. You know, and we could fill that up with Netflix, or we could fill it up with drugs and addiction. You could fill it up with idly surfing YouTube, right? Or you could fill it up with panemia satora. You could give our souls, the proper stimulation and oneg and pleasure that it desires. Our souls come from the world of pleasure, comes from the world of oneg, and we're dying for real, true oneg, for real pleasure. And when you learn Pnimi Torah, when you learn the Chalban, when you learn Rav Kuk, you learn Rabbi Nachman, you learn the Ishbitzer, the Heil Gamesh Shaloach, Rav Tzadik, we have a Rav Tzadik here also. You learn Rav Tzadik. Yeah, the pre Tzadik. A perfect time. Yeah, 
when we learn the Panimia Satora, that, that brings Onik to our souls. Okay, right there. Yeah? Is that, is that, um, is that talking about the fact that, that in, in addition to... Um, he loves it. Loves it. So there's more than a thirst. Is is it is what we're saying that like our internal, like when when someone feels like they're fulfilling their internal potential, yeah. Right. Like is is there almost this feeling of like, like you said, you, you can try, you could try to fill it up with with all these externalities and Netflix and and whatnot, but meaning there's a difference between someone feeling like they're they're doing what they're built to do and like the functioning in their Kivun as they're supposed to function, um, versus kind of like not really living up to their fullest potential. Are we saying like that ultimately part of this this concept is like Am Yisrael is becoming more and more aware that their fullest potential is to function at this higher level of that that Klalit Neshama, and therefore whatever else we're doing just isn't going to be fulfilling ultimately. Well, I think yeah, I think that's what he's saying. Like the egocentric model of serving Hashem. It's like a thing of the past. You know, it's like we were learning the other day, like you tell someone, oh, why, why should you, like we were saying this, like our whole Chinuch model is based on, why should, you serve, why should you serve Hashem and do mitzvahs and Torahs? Because one day at the end of the rainbow, there's a pot of gold and you can get that gold. The Pasha doesn't work. It doesn't work, right? So people, they don't want that. Like how much delayed gratification do you have to have in order to be able to latch onto that, Right. So, right, they did the marshmallow test, right? I'll give you one marshmallow now, but if you wait, they'll be, that's fine, you can have it, but if you wait a little bit, you get two later, right? So anyone, they followed up with these people longitudinally, right, over many years, and they found that they had people who had delayed gratification, they wanted two marshmallows, they took two marshmallows a little bit later, they were very, very successful, you know? But like, how far does your vision have to be? Like, when I'm dead in the caver, and my soul's going up to Shemayim, and then I'm going to get like a big reward, right? So like the egocentric model of Scharva Onesh, as he explained, like that's what we, that's what was needed in order kind of to preserve us in Gullus. But now that we're in the later stages of Geula already, right? So the egocentric model of let me get Scharva Onesh, a big reward, that's like not the thing. It's not the main thing. The main thing he didn't exactly sp- explain. He's developing what the main thing is, right? But he's saying, like, we need to bring in the das. We need to bring in the awareness. Like, who wants to wait that long in order to get some reward from Hashem? And not only that, it's like, so, like, you have all these kids and even adults. We, we don't have to look at kids, but it's easier to see it there, right? They're saying, why? Why should I do this? So one day I should get what? You say, hey, but what about learning Torah? Like, isn't that enjoyable? Like, learning Gemara, right? You say, oh, yeah, you know, it's really hard. You know, right? So if you have the skills and you had the exposure and you're able to work and understand how to learn Gemara, right? So there's nothing more enjoyable than learning a Rashi, learning a Tosfos, just push it back and forth in the Gemara, right? But one, it takes so much energy. People don't necessarily have that time. And two is like, what about the Panimia Satora? So now you have some kid who's not really interested and the only thing he's told is you have to learn Gemara, 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 beat him over the head with it, Right? It says, like Moshe Rabbeinu, it says, he was hakos esaseli, he hit the rock. So that was a mistake. He was supposed to speak to the rock. The rock means this, so you're going to hit the kids. Oh, yeah, a little more learning. Boom. Yeah, you want reward? Now you're not going to get reward. The kid's like, I don't get it. I watch Netflix. I watch all these other things on the internet. It gives me reward instantly. I should wait so far. 
Like, is that right to be asking of our kids? Is that right to be asking of ourselves? Now, of course that's true. Of course there is Charve Onesh, you know? Okay. But like, that's not the Avoda nowadays. The Avoda is, is to enjoy, right? Olam Haba is not mentioned in the Torah one time, <laughs> right? Because they understood that it's not about the Torah, right? Don't serve Hashem. Don't be like a, a, a slave who serves Hashem in order to get the pras, in order to get the reward, right? So like, so like it's true, a person could be doing well and it, it doesn't mean they're not doing well, but like, what's the shift in our consciousness? What's, we want something that's gonna illuminate the whole room, not just illuminate some of the details, you know? So like, I don't know, am I answering? Yeah, no, no. Okay, yeah. I was just, I was just also thinking that, that Rav Gersey recently said that, that historically, We've been living, Amishal has been living in a way that we've been, we've been drawing off the, the koach of, of Harsinai for many, many, many generations. And that recently, I don't know exactly what caused the switch. I don't remember what he said. I don't know that he said what caused the switch. But he said, in Artu Kufa, we're actually less drawing off that and more kind of pulling from the future of, yeah. of, of Yimot Mashiach. They call that the Or HaChoser. Right, so like if you're, let's say you're, you have this new tunnel on the way to Yerushalayim, right? You take the new tunnel, right? So you're at the end of a tunnel already. Before you get to the end, you could see the light spilling into the tunnel from the end of the tunnel, right? That's called the Or HaChoser, the light that goes backwards, right? So it's the same thing that nowadays we're holding, the light that we're drawing from is the Or HaChoser, right? That when you're at the end of the tunnel, you have light that spills backwards into the tunnel that illuminates the end of the tunnel, Right? So like nowadays we're drawing from this Or HaChoser. Of course, obviously we're always drawing from Harsinai too. You have to be careful how you word this exactly. But point is, is that we're drawing from the end of days because we're living in the end of days. That's what he's explaining. We're living in the light. We're, the, we're, the, we're it, man. You know, like if not us, then who? Right, but I guess my, my thought connected to that was just that because that's what we're drawing from, so we are more imminently aware of what that ultimate reality is where there is you know that Khalid Ahdut um, full unification of, of the organism functioning yeah. as a whole yeah I mean that's definitely true also like our grandparents are you know like I went uh, this was a few months ago I went Arab Shabbos to a Mayan Mikvah in Barayan you know and you go there and there was some chumas and pita on the side and I had chumas and pita it was like Arab Shabbos and People are sitting around eating chumas and pita by the Vayan. And it's like, that's incredible. Like, who, our great-grandparents, would they ever imagined hanging out every Shabbos by Vayan and Eretz Yisrael eating fresh homemade chumas and pita? You know? Of course, the Geula is not fully here, right? But, like, we could envision it. It's not so crazy to envision Binyan Beis Amigdash. It's not so crazy to envision it right, we're, like, we're right there. Right? These, st- these things are within our consciousness to see. Like, oh, is that really crazy? Like 50% of the government now keeps Shabbos, right? Like, is it so crazy to imagine a Torah? It's not so crazy, right? But this is all part of the stages of the bones coming back together and everything realigning. Let's go right there. We have some time. Sod Tirdamas Hagalas, the secret of sleeping in Galas. The Amnam Hidgalut Madregazu Nitkalat Bekashim Rabin Vatsumim. But this Madrega 
of, as we're talking about, comes about through difficulties. We're, we're, we're habituated for many years to see ourselves as separate individuals and that every person worries about their own self. Whether it's in physical or spiritual matters. Right? And also included in this is sharpening the differences and contrast between each group and every individual. I'm a this guy and you're that guy. And even feeling that one's differences and one's different set of beliefs or religious practice threatens my own sense of self and my own way of life. You see that? Not going to elaborate on that point, but you definitely see that, right? And stand in defense in order to protect yourself like a defense mechanism. Right? Right? In your interest. And to protect and guard your interests that you need or anything like that. It's like, it's like self-preservation. Right? That feeling that one's beliefs or one's practice or one's differences than you endanger your own sense of being, right? It's feeling like someone else takes away from you. If this guy's successful, so I'm not, that, that somehow takes away from me, right? Like, uh, instead of realizing like we're all one body and everyone's success adds to the collective success, I feel, well, if this guy is going to be successful, I'm not going to have Right? So we sharpen the, oh, I'm like this and he's like that. See? Oh, I have my own identity now. Right? We've been doing this for 2,000 years. Right? Right? And comes comes from this, the feeling, right, that every person, my family is, right, He's, he's saying this. It's a little bit hard to translate some of these words, but what he's saying is, is that our sense of security and belonging comes from differentiating ourselves from one another, right? So if I do this and that, and I'm a therapist, and I work with X, Y, and Z, and very defined, and, you know, so it feels, oh, so now I have a place because I differentiated myself from you, right? So our sense of being comes from actually a, a sense of self-preservation, what he's saying. Because through 2,000 years, I had to worry about myself and worry about my own family and worry about my own parnasa and worry about my own ruchnias, right? So my sense of being comes from defining myself very, very narrowly, maybe even, or very, very finely as it relates to other people, right? Right, and making sharp distinctions and contrasts between one group and another. This habit, right? Right. This this is our nature. What we what we seem to be of doing to live separate individual lives, uh, individuated lives. Hashorish amuk meod has a very deep roots in our souls. mamish, and this is the sod of a deep sleep, right? Tirdma. A deep sleep. So Adam was put in a terdma, right? Adam Arishon, 
He was put in deep sleep. It says also by Yonah. He was in a tear. He was in, a, in the bottom of the boat. Life's chaos is happening around Yonah. And he's like, I'm out. Peace, guys. Going to bed. <laughs> right? So this comes from a deep sleep of Gullus. That all the tzaddikims relax and rest. They're sleeping the tzaddikim amongst themselves. This is a deep, deep sleep. It's like a surgical sleep. You know, it's like anesthesia sleep. Right? That's what says that Hashem put Adam under anesthetics and removed his rib. It was a deep tirdama. The Inyan Shina Zuhi Tirdama Bayachas Lashrina. And this sleeping means we're not awake to the Shrina. Bayachas Lumahus Haklalit Shilanu Shukulo Gov Echad. To the reality that we're all one nation, one body. Va'anu Ridumim Bayachas Lainyunze and we're sleeping to this point. Vihu Rachok Mahasagasenu Mechavios Chayenu Meod. And this is different this is distance from our perceptions and our consciousness of life. Is the opposite of what we say with Shina, Kislev, oh. is Shina, is Mesir Snepesh. That you go to higher levels with sleep, with Nevua, Mesir Snepesh, this major place of sleep, so it's against that. Well, what is... It's the sleep that's sleep, and the sleep that is ruling us to higher levels of sleep. Higher levels of sleep. Well, I... Right, deeper levels of consciousness. But I, what we're going to see, right, that's why Kislev has to do with sleep because like the Parshas that we read in is, is, is Miketz, right? Miketz, Kates means to wake up. He's going to explain all this, right? As we learn the next few pages, right? Kates means to wake up, right? So we have to wake up from the sleep. That's why Kates also means the end. We're at the end. You have to wake up, right? To, ultimately, it's, it's to wake up from the sleep, right? But like even... We're coming, we'll, we'll come, we're going to come back to this. He's going to, he's going to explain all this. Right? That if we were awake, we were alive, we lived in a consciousness to our nation. And if we saw ourselves as one body, we would, our, if we saw ourselves in this deep way, our relationship and the foundation of how we related to another would be vastly different. The necessity for achdus would be clear. Right? And it would be, we'd all join in with this. The benefits of this would be great. And the consequence of this is that we would find different pathways in order to not create divisions between the limbs of the body. We would actually search for the goodness and the oneness that comes out of differentiation. We search for the light within the pulos mashanos, the oneness behind the differentiation of the world. Right, the Torah is created with a base, dissension. But behind the base is achtas. We search for that oneness behind the pulos mashanas, the differentiations of life. Like Shimshon is saying, just like the different limbs in a body do different things, and you want them to do different things, so we'd see ourselves within the larger picture of the whole. Vinei Mavor Bepesach Eliyahu.
And like we're learned in Pesach Eliyahu, she'ikar ha'geula she'it galus ha'madrega shall be a cheruach haklalit, right? That the ikar, uh, the ikar she'it the ikar ha'geula the main redemption comes from the revelation of this high level of the national spirit. Sod or hashchina, like we've been explaining, which is the light of the shchina. Taloi behis oiras meshina zu, bekitza mitardamas mitardamas hagalus. Right, that we wake up from our deep sleep, our low level of consciousness. Kim, Kim Omra, like it says in the Zohar, he's quoting from the Zohar now. He brings a translation of this on the bottom. Ilui shamal inun demachinim dechevron. Right? Uh, right, wake, right, Elon, right, these elevated people, listen up. Demachinim dechevron. Viraya mehemna isaru mishnata, right? It's saying like the Chevron. I say I wasn't sure when I learned this if he meant Chevron the city or he meant Chevron like the like the Chevron the friends. Like so in the, in the translation, he says him yishnei Chevron, meaning I assume it's the Avon and Yimahu. Yeah. Oh yes, okay. Oh. oh, you're right. Okay, I read that wrong. Right. So wake up. We'll just read the translation over here. Right. El Yonim Shimu, elevated people, wake up. Hem Yeshnei Chevron. Right. The Avos and Imos and Chevron. Umosha Rabenu. His Oyer Mishina Hashem. Wake up from your sleep. He Kitzu Veraninu Shochneyafar. Right. That's the name of the Sefer. Right. Wake up and sing you Shochneyafar. People residing residing in the ground. These sadikim, which have the aspect of shchina, shenemar, ani yeshenu v'libi er, that I am sleeping but my heart is awake, v'heim eno mesim. Right, these sadikim that have the shchina resides within them, that even though they're sleeping, their heart is still alive, they're really not dead. And that's why it says, get up and sing, wake up. It's dafke hikitsu. He kitsu Moshe va'avos. Wake up, Moshe and the avos. Kumul is oira hashchina. He yeshane begalos. Right. Uh, get arouse yourself. Wake up to the shchina that's sleeping in galos. Ki ad keis kol hatzadikim redumim vishina beinehem. Right. Because up until now, all the tzadikim seem to be sleeping with with slumber in their eyes. So he's calling the great tzaddikim of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, and Moshe, and Moshe Rabbeinu to say, wake up the other tzaddikim, right? To wake them, tell them to wake up, to wake up the nation, right? That we all need to wake up from this deep slumber. And all this is, is, has its roots in the shechina that's sleeping, because the shechina rests in Am Yisrael. So if Am Yisrael is sleeping, that means the shechina is sleeping. We need to awaken, and then the kach the, tavu And this is the process in which the gula will, will happen. Right, and what it says afterwards, in the, in, on the heels of waking up, Shehu inyan tal shel tchias hamesim, right? You were mentioning the tal, the brachas of the tal this week, right? This is the tal of tchias hamesim. So does oros mehamaves bechina shina, right? All this is the sort of death, which is the aspect of sleeping that we need to wake up. That the tal wakes us up from death. I'm just going to read to the end, and we'll explain. Vezes sod hakets, and this is the secret of the end. Hakets, the end, right? You don't have to be doomsday preppers. Shehu melashon yakitza, which means to wake up. Ki hagalas hi shena. 
because Galas is sleeping. And the end of Galas means waking up from sleep. To wake up to the morning of redemption. That is illuminating and radiating within our souls. And therefore we need to think about our deep slumber of consciousness that we're all having, our low state of mind, our bad mood. We're all chronically in a bad mood and we think we're in a good mood. And this is our purpose. And the secret of waking up to the redemption. That will come this big spirit upon us, or Hashchina, the light of the Shchina, lechayos es ha'am kulo kiguf echad, that will enliven ourselves, right? And to add over here, like we're all sleeping from the true reality, just like a person is, right? David Amelik says, "Hayinu kechomim." We're going to be like dreamers, right? I was listening to this podcast the other day from Matthew Walker and Joe Rogan. Matthew Walker, he wrote this book, "Why We Need Sleep." I think that's the name. Of it. It's a very famous book. And I was listening to this, it was actually earlier in this week before I knew we were going to see this piece. So I, uh, and he talks about the, the, right, if you look at a person with sleep, you'd say he's delusional, right? If, if a doctor would, or a psychiatrist would, would analyze a person while they're sleeping, they'd say he has dreams of grandeur, he has no boundary testing, he has no sense of time, he hallucinates, he's delusional, right? All the trimmings of psychosis a person has when they're sleeping. And then you wake up. And you forget about it, right? This, the difference between a sleep state and a wake state is the difference between psychosis and delusional, no boundaries, deeply sick individual, right? To, <laughs> to alive. I wasn't looking at him. Yeah. <laughs> right? The difference is. So it's the. That's why you're awake. Right? So it's the same way that we are living now. In a certain way, we're all deeply delusional. Right? We're all deeply suffering. We're in, a, we're in a sleep state now. Right? That same difference between what we understand as a sleep state and a wake state could be said about Hayyuna Kichomim. Right now, we're all sleeping. And when Mashiach comes, we're going to awaken to the Geula. Hayyuna Kichomim. We're going to see that we were living in a daymare, not a nightmare but we're living in the day mayor of Gullus, right? That we're all going to, the Das is going to come in and we're going to see that Gewalt, this whole reality was one big illusion. It was one big dream. It was one big hallucination, right? And this is amazing, right? And this is Kislev, right? Rosh Chodesh Kislev, right? Rosh Chodesh Kislev shows you the physical reality as you see it. That's what you think it is. But let me tell you, it's an illusion, We'll have this one little Pach Shemin. It's going to last for eight days. That Kislev shows us to see beyond the illusion of life, right? And that's why Hanukkah was the last holiday that was instituted, right? That we should wake up. It should arouse us. We should be makeits to the kates, to the end of days. And we should see beyond the illusion of life and wake up to the deeper order of life. And see that we have Am Yisrael back in Eretz Yisrael to learn the Pneum Torah, to go deeper and deeper and deeper levels of consciousness and see how we're all 
It could be said that Gullus is one long bad mood. Gullus is one long bad dream. It's one long bad slumber. And in the end, as we're waking up now, we're seeing Mamish, the bodies back together, and the awareness, the consciousness is coming in. People are seeking spirituality, Ruchnius, seeking Panemius HaTorah, right? Hashtag, thank you, Hashem, right? People are seeking Amuna programs. People are seeking mental health, right? With all the therapy, 2,000 years of trauma, and everyone's dealing with all their traumas and all their difficulties, and everyone is going to rid themselves and wake up to their deeper selves, and the whole world's going to awaken, right? The world awaken comes from sleeping. We're going to awaken to our deeper nature and to our deeper order of life, and that is all sowed our redemption. That's our purpose. That's our tachlis. That's our tachlis nowadays. With that, everyone, we wish you all a good Shabbos. Shabbos.